0: You are listening to Rearranged, a Jcast Network podcast. Join us each week as we delve deeper into some of the ideas brought up in the FYI docudrama series, Arranged. Welcome back to Rearranged, a recap show of the FYI uh, docudrama Arranged uh, on 9 p.m. on Tuesday nights on the FYI Network. Hope you're good i going kind to of get into uh, this week's episode a bit, um, but first I wanted to thank uh, Jewish Public Media at jpmedia.co. Um, after I uh, plugged their episode on Nida last week um, and told people that they ought to listen to it, I decided to reach out to them and ask them if they would allow me to post their episode in my feed, in the Jcast Network feed, in order to... Uh, you know, to share the content and to get people, you know to so so you didn't have to take the step of um, of of finding the episode. And they were um, more than gracious, and they all they asked was you know for me to share with them my numbers of how many people downloaded that show, which I obviously was very happy to do. Um, and I think it was really um, great, a great episode, and really kind of dealt with the d- issue of NiDA in a very um, thoughtful, and real way, and it was a great way to to you know be able to uh, to give the content to you, uh, our listener. So I want to thank uh, JP Media, uh, Jewish Public Media. You can visit them at jpmedia.co. You can subscribe to their uh, Joy of Text podcast. They have a number of other really wonderful podcasts um, that I would encourage you to visit and subscribe to. I think it's just a nice way to, to show our appreciation for their uh, sharing of their content. That said, I want to move into um, this week's episode. But before I do so, I kind of feel like I want to talk a little bit about my hopes for these shows and what I think has happened. I have to admit that I'm not really enjoying um, the show as much as I was at the start and I had committed to, to doing this podcast before, I, I mean, I guess I had seen episode one when I said, okay, let's do it um, and I'm enjoying the show, the show less and less um, mainly because I feel like it was interesting as they were kind of thinking about their weddings their weddings and those transitions to me were more interesting than watching people go through the normal trials and tribulations of uh, the first year of marriage. I would say that the first year of marriage, this is again coming just from me, from my experience, the first year of marriage is tough. Um, Tough because you're learning your way around each other. Um, Tough because you're figuring out the ways in which you're going to communicate, the things you're going to do, the way you're going to relate to each other, how you're going to deal with money, what you're going to think about in terms of children, where you're going to live. But it's kind of the mundane of um, of life. While getting you know learning about a new relationship or watching people prepare for a wedding and figuring out how their religious experiences are going to impact those, it's a much more... There's more at stake in those relationships, in those moments of time. And I guess that is why they create shows about that. You know, that's why The Bachelor exists. The Bachelor doesn't look in on... um the, you know, the first year and a half after the people get married, it's about them meeting, falling in love, choosing each other. I mean, and you can think about that for everything. Uh, you know, Survivor. And again, I'm, I'm only looking at reality TV shows because I think that's where we are. Uh, Survivor is not about once they've set up their home and they just all live happily. They had to create a who are you going to vote out in order to create a drama that was compelling um even you know and and i and i and i shudder to talk about it um, you know the apprentice Right. The apprentice, when it was actually about somebody getting a job and not about celebrities selling their wares. And before Donald Trump became a, you know, a lightning rod. Um, and I'm not getting into the politics of it all. It was about somebody getting a job. It wasn't about the first year of the person having the job because the first year of the person having the job has a lot to do with getting dressed, getting to work, having a cup of coffee, checking your email, going to meetings, but there's not as much drama in it. Um, Not nearly as much drama as, will I get the job? How will I show that I can get the job? Let me have a one-week experience of trying to sh- prove myself. It's much more emotionally uh, exciting. And I think that's what happened with this show, is that the first number of weeks they were talking about... Um, everyone pre- preparing for marriage and on some level falling in love because these, are, these were people who only knew each other for a short period of time or didn't know each other intimately or had not lived with one another. Um, and so all of those transitions were exciting and meaningful. And now we're at the point in the show where uh, it's not that anymore. Now it's about life. And life is, for the most part, boring. Um, you know, thankfully we haven't had to watch, you know, anyone get severely hurt, which would be emotionally trying and you don't want them to create that just for the excitement of a show. Um, you know, the most exciting thing that happened in this week's a- episode, you know, was was where Taylor and David were trying to figure out, you know, when she's getting ready for a move, when she's leaving, she's married 2 months, 3 months maybe, and now she's preparing to leave to go to training. You know, so there's there there is there is they're there. There's something there that is either exciting or not exciting, or it's a will they, won't they? Will they survive? But you know, when when Monika and Mayor are dealing with finances, or her, you know, and I'm talking about all the things that happened this week. I'm just I'm going into kind of the recap in a slightly different way. Um, you know, when it's talking about, you know, will she go to a networking event? Is he too nervous about uh, her? being hit on at a networking event or at other events or not. You know, it's that's kind of just like life. And therefore it 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 loses some of the resonance of the or excitement. Um, you know, and in 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 David and, and excuse me, in Ben and Vicky's life, the main focus or the the two main foci of this week's episode were will he or won't he get a new car? And, you know, the stakes aren't high, right? I mean, last week at the end of the episode, you saw that the car broke down right before Shabbat, right? So that was like trying to create intensity in that. But even that, it didn't happen. They ended up getting a ride and getting home in time for Shabbat. So it's losing the intensity. So that was one episode, and he ended up getting a new car. Spoiler alert. Um, Although, again, I assume if you're listening to this show, you have already watched the episodes. Um, And finally, the episode... Uh, in Vicky and Ben's life was uh, focused on pro or vu. Uh, be fruitful and multiply. Um, she, Vicky, starts talking about wanting to or thinking about having children. Uh, ben is nervous about it, um, primarily talking about the fact that they have no money, um, that they're living in a small place, that they're both students. Um, and uh, and he goes to the Rebbe to get permission uh, to wait, you know, and it's interesting, again, you know, he goes to the Rebbe every time he wants to make a difficult decision. Um, interestingly, I actually thought that he might end up with the opposite. He went to the Rebbe the last time when he didn't want to, when he knew he couldn't have a first dance and he wanted to be able to blame her. Um, and I think he went to the Rebbe this time to find out if he could wait on having babies. And, um, and I think he was hoping that the Rebbe would say no so he could do it. But he, wouldn't, he could feel like he could always say, but I really wanted to wait. But um, he did get uh, the answer that he had to have the babies, that he could wait on the babies, which I think was, again, he didn't have to be the bad guy to Vicky. Um, and um, again, the Rebbe only gave him a one-year you know, break um, and said, next year you have to, we have to talk again. Um, but for me, what was interesting, or what brought this whole episode brought up, was two questions. The A, the question of pru or vu, the commandment to be fruitful and multiply. Um, and, um, and what does that mean in the Jewish context, both in terms of, you know, how many babies is an appropriate amount of babies? I mean, not, Stephanie and I have two children. We have two boys, um, as I think I've mentioned before. Um, and so we've we've replaced ourselves. We haven't multiplied ourselves, but we've replaced ourselves. Um, I think we're done, although I'm not sure we've ever had that full conversation, which maybe we belong on on, rearranged, on a range to discuss it, although I think it's quite clear that at our ages we're ready and our financial financial place in life, that too is where we're at. Um, so, so the two questions are both pro or vu, what does that mean? Um, and the second question is kind of rabbinic authority, and I don't mean it in terms of the Talmud, the, the ancient rabbis who kind of came down with the, the, or, you know, the, uh, the oral Torah, the, the, the ideas the, or the laws that we live by, but really the idea of um, somebody going to their Rebbe to either get permission, not permission. Um, and so I'm hoping that Stephanie will sit down with me in a little bit to uh, discuss one of those two issues I think they, there is something to be said there um, so that's what I got this week again it was not an, a terribly exciting episode um, at the end of the episode it looked like, like uh, Taylor was getting on that, that plane to go to training uh, it looked like Mayur and Manika are having a hard time but figuring it out uh, traditional Indian life is different um, and Vicky and Ben uh, it doesn't look like they're about to have a kid right now um, they do have a new car, which may be their new baby. Um, and that's where they're at. All right, so I'll talk to you again in a few minutes when I get Stephanie in here. And uh, thanks. Welcome back. Uh, I'm back now with uh, Rabbi Stephanie Ruske. Uh, the associate dean of the Jewish Theological Seminary and my yes, we've prude or and or vooed wife. Uh, so I, you know, I had mentioned earlier that in this episode we really were talking about two Jewish concepts. One was kind of the rabbinic uh, rabbinic say so or authority, not Talmudic rabbinic authority, but more so this. Uh, just you know the rabbis who Ben went to visit, um, and the other issue of pru urvu, which is actually the topic that uh, Ben went to talk to his rabbi about. And I thought you could give me or our listener some background on pru urvu.
1: Okay, so pru urvu comes from the Torah. It's in the book of Genesis, and it's the first commandment actually given to people which is to um
0: can you just quickly give us a translation of proof
1: yes to be fruitful and to multiply so to fill the earth um it's to procreate um and and god, and this is what god says that we should do and so people have um basically wondered like is is this an obligation all the time or can you limit which i think is what ben was asking right does he, as soon as they get married, are they obligated to fulfill this mitzvah? Or is this a mitzvah that they should fulfill, but maybe not the first second that they're married? Um, there, people also have wondered and asked rabbinic authorities, who who is obligated? Women in traditional Judaism are not obligated in time-bound mitzvot. Men are. What is this? Since they're both required, um... Are, th- are they both obligated in this or not? And it's been the source of much rabbinic speculation and interpretation and there's not one clear answer. Some people say yes, some people say no.
0: But isn't the women's non-responsibility for time-bound mitzvot actually about the pruvu?
1: It is, yes. But it's also a different, that is, that's the rationale that we give, but women are exempted from time bound its vote even when they don't actually have children who they're taking care of. But yes, that is the rationale that's given is that it would be hard to be raising children and also have these time bound obligations.
0: Okay. So so what 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 can you give us on this topic?
1: Well, I think that vu gives us the chance to look at and think about what's the role of sex and sexuality and procreation in Jewish tradition. And so part of it is that it's about multiplying, but that's not the only part. Um, and so if you look at some of Michael Strasfeld's work, he is a reconstructionist rabbi. Um, he writes a lot. Of, he uses this as an anchor to then go on and talk about an ethics of sexuality and kedusha holiness and the way that you... View your partner um and so this is kind of the introduction to talking about it but nobody says that you have to do it every second from the moment that you get married it's it's a piece of life but it's not the only reason to have sex
0: right um and what do the rabbis say when it comes to i mean ben came into the issue dealing with like he's a student and they can't afford it um you know those components, both about when to start and on some level, you know when to stop. Yeah. What 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 is written? What is shared? What is thought of?
1: Well, I think it, it really depends a lot on what's the community that you're part of, right? There are communities where families have ten children, and um, and often the the father in that family is studying yeshiva, and so and in those families. Having 10 children is seen as part of fulfilling the obligation of reproduce, be fruitful, and multiply. Um, but we also have texts that talk about um, that everybody has to participate in giving tzedakah and that you're, the way that you observe Shabbat and the way that you um, beautify mitzvot has to be limited in a way you have to hold back and not if you're going to have to take Siddaka in order to celebrate in that gigantic way then you 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 moderate and you lessen how you celebrate and observe and I think it's the same for children I would say if you're not able to support them then the halacha would say then you have to pull it back and you can't have a lot of children and imagine that you're solely going to exist on Siddaka
0: all right well that's a lot to take on uh i guess it means that we did okay in stopping with our two beautiful children because that's really all we can afford handle control take care of etc
1: yes but it feels like we've multiplied if you just come to our house for a moment you will see it with the toys everywhere
0: thank you so much for taking the time Okay, well, that's our episode for today. Thanks for joining us. Uh, Looking forward to seeing what happens uh, this week. I apologize that we're putting this podcast up a little late this week, but with uh, July 4th weekend and the kids being off and Stephanie being uh, off from work, I had a little less time, so I hope you'll uh, you'll, you'll forgive me. Uh, And looking forward to this week and more Simplas.